0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Colts Cast. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of The Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here.
1: Yo, 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 yo,
0: yo. Yo, please be sure to follow us on social media. Twitter handle at The Colts Cast. Instagram at Colts Cast. Guys, we have exciting polls, cool highlight videos, anything in between. We post all that. We are live on there. YouTube, we just got that up recently. Go ahead and check us out on there. Just search The Colts Cast. And you'll find our videos on there, not just the audio. So look, I'm a diehard Colts fan, but I'm going to keep it real with y'all today. <laughs> <laughs> Match up with the Cowboys. The 4-7-1 Indianapolis Colts and the 8-3 Dallas Cowboys meet at AT&T Stadium on Sunday night. 8.20 p.m. Eastern Sharp. I've watched this line, for, for the gamblers out there, I've watched this line move more into the Cowboys' favor. It's, it's looking like, I think it started out at like nine points maybe. I think we're up to 11 now. Jesus. Yeah, so people are hammering that line. <laughs> and why wouldn't they? Because <laughs> after we just made Kenny pick and Steelers look like a contender. <laughs> Jamal, what is your bold prediction for this game?
1: Wow, okay. Um... I wanna say it's gonna be well, I know it's gonna be a blowout. I know it's gonna be a blowout. I, I just I, it's hard though because you know, Colts always find a way whenever it's a good team to at least entertain us a little bit. We saw it against the Chiefs, we saw it against the Eagles. Why not entertain us a little bit against the Eagles or excuse me against the Cowboys? But I know it won't happen. Multiple reasons why. But before we go down that rabbit hole, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh bet my score for the game thirty four to
0: ten. 34-10. 34-10. Yep. We're going to put up 10 points on this defense? Mm, I think we're going to get Lucky with a
1: touchdown. And, of course, we. I feel like we get a field goal every game. Some luck is going to happen with a touchdown. I, I I know that much. I don't know whether it's going to be a defensive takeaway, the right time, or just JT with a big breakaway run. But we'll get one touchdown and one field goal for Lucky. I
0: think we'll put up six points. Oh, that's fair. Two field no, goals. No, no, no. You're right. We'll add a touchdown. All right. Just, just for giggles there. Thirteen. Thirteen. Cowboys yeah. are probably gonna put up I would say close to thirty points on us. Yeah. Um so we'll we'll put a little twenty six piece in there. Okay. Twenty six to thirteen. Doesn't sound like a huge blow up, but it definitely could go the other way. We saw what they did to the Vikings. Mm hmm. Forty two three.
1: The players didn't starters even play, what, the entire fourth quarter? Man. Shoot, they they would have
0: beat him by even worse. Scary to think about, but what what is the scariest part to you about this game?
1: I'm glad you asked. Uh, Michael Parsons, 12 sacks on the season. That scares me like none other. Demarcus Lawrence, six sacks on the season. That scares me because our OL is terrible. Trayvon Diggs, 12 passes defended. That scares me because he's not letting stuff come his way. His his percentage is pretty high. His catch percentage is actually pretty high, but Also, you have to remember that that number's kind of skewed because he's not getting a lot of targets toward him. So, you know, if if a couple players get a couple catches, it's going to be inflated. Uh, They're throwing at him like they're going to do every other cornerback, and I can see that number being much, much, much lower. But not only only does that scare me from the Cowboys, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and Trayvon Diggs, but the Colts scare me with that on that same note because if we get to the red zone, if we get to the red zone, For the season, we're averaging a touchdown on 45.45%. But in the last three games, we've been 50%. Um, And even lower away, though, this is the number that truly scares me, Eric, and why I know that a touchdown is going to have to be lucky for us to get. When we're away this season, we're averaging a touchdown in the red zone 28.57% of the time. So between the defense... And that twenty eight point five seven percent, I think it's gonna self implode. It, it, it's it's bound to happen.
0: Yeah, uh, that defense is 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 something to write home about. Because if you're not worried about it, I'm about to explain it to y'all. <laughs> Look, the Cowboys average four point one sacks per game. It's Jamal over. just gave you a breakdown of all the players who are leading this team in sacks. <laughs> He didn't even include Dorrance Armstrong with eight sacks. I yeah, mean, you're right. this this is a scary team when it comes to their pass rush. No other team averages more than four sacks a game. I repeat, no other team averages over four sacks a game. Sorry, I forgot to pop my beer. You know, gotta have oh, gotta have a drink in me. Look, Micah Parsons. You guys, you guys know about that name. Scary guy. Probably gonna win Defensive Player of the Year. Cowboys fans, they're just salivating right now at the chance to trample Matt Ryan behind that line. Hey, I'm, I'm being dead-ass. Th- this is what Cowboys fans have been telling me all this week. They said Matt Ryan is in, and he going to be out at the end of the game. Bernard Raymond and Will Fries, <laughs> you guys are truly going to be NFL-tested on Sunday night. I'm not too worried about the veterans: Ryan Kelly, Quinn Nelson, Braden Smith. If he suits up, yeah. I mean, we should still be worried, but I think compared to the two other guys, I think they can hold their own relatively. You know, if Raymond plays like he did his last game, we may be okay. But 4.1 sacks per game, and I'm pretty sure we're we're one of the teams that lead the league in sacks uh, taken, right? so it the, the numbers speak for itself they allow 17 points per game good for second in the NFL behind San Francisco it just gets scarier you want me to keep going passing defense number one in opponent passing yards per game they've only allowed 177 yards per game through the air how, much, how many yards is Matt Ryan going to be able to put up against this defense I don't know I don't know with the inexperience in our coaching staff Number three in opponent's yards per pass attempt at 5.7. Trayvon Diggs. Jamal just touched on him. Looks like a shutdown corner this year. He's given the lockdown treatment to receivers like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. (laughs) Can I add one note in there, Eric? All those
1: people that you just mentioned are exceptional route runners at that, too. I just want to throw that out there. Exceptional route runners. So against yeah. a, against a, a decent route runner, I'm scared. Keep going.
0: Yeah, Justin Jefferson is arguably a top 2 receiver in the game. Jamar Chase, he's been on IR, but Jamar Chase is a real deal. Uh AJ Brown, he's been killing it with the Eagles when they do throw the ball. And he's he's a he's just a monster receiver. So, I think we can all agree these receivers are better. They're in a better offense. And they have a better QB throw into them. Enter Michael Pittman Jr. It's about to be a long night, Jamal. I am <laughs> I am afraid. It it is gonna be a scary game. I know we said this against the Chiefs, and it turned out we won. That was week three. We we've seen a lot with this team, the inconsistencies, the broken offense, the the firings, that it, it just goes on and on and on. And that was also at home. We're on the road, with the lights shining on us. Things could get very rough, and I, it, it it's scary. It is
1: scary, and honestly, man, I really think kind of what you touched on earlier, the score is not going to be a true indication of this game. I I feel like if it's you know garbage time, we may get a score then, or whatever the case is. So the game may look a little closer than what it is, but. From what we're seeing, I I can't see that Go, You said they averaged, you know, nine sacks or uh, four sacks. Case people forgot, you saw what Bill Belichick did against us. They put up nine sacks against us. Judon had three, Uche had three, Bentley had one. I mean, there they were it was just anybody gets a sack. Twelve quarterback hits. I and I understand, you know, that was Salmon there. That was but and and of course, it's a young quarter, inexperienced quarterback, young quarterback. So Belichick had his ways with him et Etc. Et but Sam actually had the ability to move a little bit. We're going to see a statue back there to, uh, on, on Sunday night. And, and that was I, under Frank Wright. Yeah, under Frank Wright. Yep, yep. I can imagine that the Cowboys will repeat exactly what the Patriots did and just send the heat all game long. Because it doesn't matter if they have a linebacker sitting in the middle of the field. They can, they can leave it open because if their corners are shutting us down, we know Ryan's going to try to check down. Yeah, they'll, I'm sure they'll allow the check down to be there for JT or, or or Jackson for a quick two, three yards because they know they're going to come with the heat every single play. And I'm, it just makes me nervous. I just think that they'll just repeat exactly what the Patriots did and smoke Matt Ryan and just take him – like you said, take him down.
0: Yeah, they're going to rat, try to rattle us early, uh, bring the pressure, and they- – <laughs> they're going to be trying to force in these three and outs maybe some turnovers you know we're turnover prone we love giving them away love giving them free possessions but I'm wondering what we can do on our defense so the Stephon Gilmore versus CeeDee Lamb matchup is intriguing I expect Gilly Lock to shadow CeeDee Lamb however I also wouldn't be surprised to see defensive coordinators do this they just like the their corners to play one side of the field. So it'll be interesting to see what Gus Bradley does. But in the case of a pure shadow, they probably are going to attack the other side, our weak corner, potentially weaker corner. Usually this is Kenny Moore. Now, I've Zach Kiefer reported he will not play on Sunday, so I'm going to assume he's not going to play. So that leaves Brandon Faison, Tony Brown, Isaiah Rodgers, maybe. Isaiah Rodgers also popped up with a knee injury. So, you know, let's just assume Rodgers doesn't play just for the sake of this argument. Brandon Faison.
1: That's your <laughs> boy. I know you already see him out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then Tony Brown, which I haven't seen him play. I, I saw him play a lot in the preseason. He played last week. Uh, he filled in last week when Kenny Moore went down. I don't know. I, I think they may attack this side of the ball, um, especially if Gilmore does his thing with C.D. Lamb. We'll see. So it, it'll be interesting interesting to see how the Cowboys attack our secondary, but that'll be a matchup to watch for. Um, I I honestly think we can keep it competitive with our defense, but our offense never holds up their side of the bargain. So that's why it always just never works out for us. But, you know, one thing I think we can do, I think we can beat them on the ground.
1: We'll be back after a quick break.
0: If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had a, a kind of dark time of uh, around yeah. the decade, right? You know, we, we kind of... Uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot.
1: Oh, well, before I go down that rabbit hole with you, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit, going back to what you were just talking about with the defense. Average time of possession for the Cowboys, 29 minutes, 3 seconds. Average time for the Colts, 29 minutes and 26 seconds. The biggest difference between that is the Cowboys score on almost every drive. Red zone, 69.70%. Last three games, Eric, they've been scoring on 80, they scored a touchdown on 80 over 81% of their red zones. And I think at home it's even higher. It's like 83 or 84%. So they get to the red zone, they're gonna score. That that's just clear. Colts don't score in the red zone. So, you know, that we know how that goes. But what scares me even too for us, or I should say, um, with their with our offense versus their defense, not only with the secondary issues, um, I I I I also think that we're gonna have to watch out for Tony Pollard. Because going into the running game, like you are just saying, I, I think we can beat them on the ground. But Tony Pollard is a is a beast. He's he's trying to – I don't know how many years he has left on this contract with the Cowboys. But he's really trying to – I'm sure he's trying to make a name for himself so he can get signed somewhere where he can be a RB1 because he's trying to prove it this year. Zeke is hit or miss. I know they try to give Zeke the, the scores when they get to the red zone. But Pollard is the workhorse for them. So I, I really makes me nervous to see what they're going to do. uh.
0: If the pass game isn't so much there, they can just give the ball to Pollard. The The problem, or not the problem, I guess the problem the Cowboys give us is they do have a one-two punch in that backfield. It's Pollard and Zeke. Basically, because Pollard can be that explosive runner. We've seen him break off for big chunk plays. At least I've seen him in the Cowboys games I've watched. He's also sometimes probably a better runner than Zeke, but Zeke has his games as well, so they do have that combo going on back there. It's just they play off their weaknesses, so Pollard to me doesn't seem like he'll ever be that bell cow running back like Zeke was, you know, getting 20 to 25 carries a game. Um, he gets fatigued a lot that I see. He's also not good in pass blocking. He, he, he's not pass blocking back. Zeke's better in that in that facet. So they they play off each other. They use them very well. I am worried about that as well. Can we stop the run? Um, in some games this season, we have been able to. Uh, in some games, we haven't been able to. Like against the Eagles, we could not stop Jalen Hurts. That was a problem. Against the Steelers, we had a problem stopping the run there. Benny Snell Jr., he was getting it to us. So yeah. I, I'm definitely worried about that. They have some good receivers in Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, uh, even Dalton Schultz. Dak Prescott is very serviceable. He He's not a like, top seven, top eight quarterback in the league, but he gets it done for them. That's That's basically it.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and, and I kind of lost my train of thought when I was talking. Uh, but I, I got it back. I just remember what the other thing I was going to say. I think that's going to make the difference for us where we can potentially have the chance to uh, contain the run because we definitely don't think we would have shut it down. But going back to the two games you just mentioned against the, Cow- um, the Eagles and the Steelers, defense never got off the field. They yeah. had no time to rest. So that's another reason why we look at that. I know, of course, we weren't, We spied um, Jalen Hurts for the first quarter, and then we kind of stopped after that. But the biggest thing I noticed with the Steelers game was defense was never off the field. So, if they have to see it on the field for the majority of the game, they're, they're not going to have a chance to rest up, and they're going to just continue to switch out back at their back at their back, and that's where I definitely think Pollard and, and Zeke can eat, um, because it, it'll just, I feel like if we start to try to crowd the box and they'll just air the ball out. So, it will be interesting to see, but Offense has to be able to stay on the field longer to give defense a break because they will underperform. And it won't be necessarily their fault that they underperform if they can't get off the field to even get a breather.
0: All right. We'll, we'll see. They they definitely need to get off the field. Like we, we can't just be doing these quick three and outs and getting them right back out there where they have to – they have to defend them for 10 to 12 plays it, it's just not fair to them so our offense needs to show up is that going to happen probably not you know <laughs> um i i was looking at the injury report we've, we have a lot of injuries kind of going in um jelani woods hasn't practiced all week kenny moore we've already talked about uh Braden smith he's got an illness Isaiah Rogers was limited. I mean, these are some key players that could very well affect this game for us negatively. Uh, Quiddy Pays back, it's looking like. He's he's practiced full, so I'm excited about that. That's definitely going to be a plus star pass rush, but Kylan Granson looks like he's coming back, which is good um, because we only had Woods and Moelle Cox last week. And you know how I feel about Moale Cox, so... Yeah. Colin Grantson, I, I believe he's made a stride this year Jelani Woods of course we've seen flashes of greatness, Molly Cox, nothing so good to see Colin Grantson back Woods is probably going to be on the shelf this week uh, but it would be nice to see him back but yeah we we got some injuries going in I don't know you got anything to say about that Jamal?
1: Uh, yeah the injuries suck they do suck I think that's going to hinder us a little bit but To make up for those injuries, I would like to see Colts run the ball at least 32 times this game. Yes, and let me tell you why, Eric. Let me tell you why. So you want Jonathan Taylor to get 32 carries. I want Jonathan Taylor to get 32 carries, yes. For one, that's going to keep us on the field. He's averaging, what, over four yards a carry this season? That means every three runs is a first down. They're going to be on the field progressively going down the field. Yes. Um, So... I would like to see him because last game he had twenty carries for eighty six yards. It's not enough. Still trying to, you're still trying to throw the ball with a with a bell cow running back in the backfield who who can produce when given the opportunity to. Even at the game we watched, we all watched on Monday night. Pass wasn't working. You give it to JT. All of a sudden it goes from being first and ten to second and four, second and uh, you know second and seven to third and three. So you got to, you have to pass the ball. I mean, me, you have to run the ball with him. You have to utilize him. And you have to understand that Matt Ryan is still checking down to him a ton during games. So instead of wasting time checking down to him, just let him run the ball instead. Don't try to develop a pass play that we know is not going to work because our receivers can't create separation, the line can't block long enough, and Ryan can't go through his progressions quick enough. Those three negatives, none of those things make a positive. So if the run is there and it's working, run the ball, make them honor it, make them crowd the box. Then after you get four or five runs on a drive and they start to stack the box, then go for play action or then decide to pass the ball, do something like that. But we just can't sit here and watch JT have 20 carries for 86 yards and Ryan have however many throws he had last game. I I didn't, I don't remember for, for absolutely nothing for what, 199 yards think or something like that. And a lot of that was just, you know, junk garbage time that he was getting that stuff in. So, when I just look at our offense where we had 32 yards of offense the first half, and it was mainly, you know, we could we, we could have just had the ball in JT's hands, letting him do what he does best, which is run the ball. Instead, we decided to pass it and put ourselves in a bigger hole. I just would like to see at least, at least 30 times. And also, no design runs from the shotgun. I can't watch this ugly, <laughs> ugly, ugly, ugly Matt Ryan get the ball, do a, and just hand it off to JT and let him get smoked. He's not even picking up any momentum. At least when, at least when it's a pass or excuse me, a run where Matt's under center, he has a chance to take two steps downhill to get his feet rolling. But when you're in shotgun, he has to just stand there. Matt snaps the ball. And he stands there, and he gets handed the ball, and then has to start reading through the holes to see where the where it's going to progress. So, that, so I don't like
0: that. That's one of the issues right there. You just said play design, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yep. We're we're doing you know shotgun handoffs right there. I started looking at some of the film. It I I think this is starting to come back on Parks Fraser. Yeah. We had some third and tens and like. The receivers weren't even running over five yards so I guess our expectation is them to catch the ball and get those extra five yards after the catch because the the play design I mean the receivers aren't even running past the first down marker I don't know how you expect to move the chains with with designs like that with plays called like that so I'm starting to think this offensive scheme is kind of holding us back I mean, if you go look at the Steelers game, what we did in the fourth quarter, it just—it looked ugly. It's—it it didn't look like we were executing, and I just wanted to point that out because I'm starting to think the lack of experience in the coaching staff is starting to catch up, and
1: that's no, definitely agree. I do think that I mean the lack of experience is 100 percent showing right now, uh, and I think it'll continue to show. But also, this is not a new mind who just walked in the building yesterday. This is the same mind who's been with Frank Reich, who Frank Reich hired on. So he's going to have some of his same principles and understanding of a, of a play a playbook. you know. So that's another reason why we're not going to see a whole lot of discrepancy. Uh, we, we noticed it when when Brady got fired. Then we said, oh, maybe maybe the playbook could change a little bit. Mm, a hair. A hair. Maybe one or two different plays. But everything else is essentially the same pace. Wright got fired. Again, we played against the Raiders. I have to keep stressing that out. So everybody was just a little more hyped and a little more explosive. But the play calling was the exact same. Still the vanilla play calling. People were just a little more upbeat, and the tempo was there than we get to last week's game, where we just see the same thing happen again. Where, as you mentioned, as a receiver or a quarterback or anything, and we're in a third and 10 situation. You have to know where the sticks are. We know our yak is not the best. Those yards with the catch. I mean, for Paris Campbell, it's really good, things like that. But we can't, why would we short ourselves 15 feet? I understand maybe running eight yards and then expecting someone to get six feet. But if we're only going to run 15 feet out of the 30 we need, it, it's going to be hard to, to make that up. So I do agree. I think it's really, very elementary play calling. Um, especially in with the experience factor but I don't expect much to change from someone who's been under the the right tree where the play calling has been the same year after year after year where it's been this exact same thing so I think until you get a fresh mind in there who has a different perspective on how they want it run it'll be the same thing well
0: it, it it's broken all around because we can say that too but then there's not a lot to work with when you have Matt Ryan back there. Who That's very true. <laughs> has the arm strength of Eric Smith and Jamal Lawrence. Um, <laughs> he's not mobile. I mean, the play design is limited. So, it, it, if we look at it from the case of Matt Ryan. So, yeah, it it's it's a really tough situation. It's a bad situation for everyone. This is why we need to go and blow it all up and... <laughs> which I expect to happen after a few losses I, I, I think it will Um. I guess going back on can we win on the ground you know the Cowboys run defense they allow 4.7 yards per rush attempt that's around Jonathan Taylor's average so it's looking good on paper for us in, in, in that department and you know despite the fumbling issue JT still a top 5 running back you know I I still think so. Now if he fumbles again, we we might have to. not <laughs> Reevaluate life. <laughs> yeah, he might he might drop out. He, he needs to clean up on the turnover end. Yeah, but that that Cowboys run defense—they've been inconsistent throughout the season. So,
1: and, well, and the last thing I'll say about that too. Then is is if that's the case, which I'm glad to hear that they are, giving up that 4.7 because that's great for our eyes, like you mentioned on paper. It also means that even if they don't want to give JT 32 carries, we have to consistently give him carries. You can't go carry, throw, carry, throw, carry, throw because you're not picking up any kind of momentum or any kind of rhythm. When you have to run one time, then pass, block as a as a running back, or then run one time and then go run a route, you're not you're not getting in your groove. So we really have to allow him to get into his groove. If we're gonna run it, commits running on three of those four downs, no matter what the case is. Even if it's you know I mean if it's third and third and 3rd and 10, of course, I expect you to pass the ball. But If it's 3rd and 7 or shorter, or 3rd and 6 or shorter, I would like to see them still try to run the ball instead of going for the pass. Because, again, I know I know that JT's vision will allow him to at least get to the next level as long as the line can hold an initial block. I don't know that Matt Ryan is going to be quick enough to, to try to stuff the ball in a tight window when Pittman is running a quick slant or Campbell's running a quick slant. I don't know that he'll be able to do it. I think he'll wait to let the play develop too long and then go for a check down where we're trying to get the ball on a swing route, a yard at, or at the line of scrimmage or a yard in front of the line of scrimmage. And then boom, we're getting hit by a backer who's walked up. So,
0: so third and seven, we run the ball. Yes. That's I, would, I
1: would, I would prefer to see that then to throw an incomplete pass and then up having fourth and seven. Yes. I a hundred percent would, I would, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad
0: whoa that, that's gotta be a hot take cause yeah. <laughs> if you look at the average yards per attempt for a quarterback it's probably 7 yards then you look at the average for a running back it's like 4 mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. less probably a little 3.7 3.8 so you'd rather run the ball in that situation mm-hmm. on a 3rd and 7 mm-hmm. wow alright that, that's a new hot take I'll leave it there I'm, I won't argue that Well, yeah, I think in the end, I still expect the Cowboys pass rush to just devour us. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan could take 10 sacks this game against arguably the the best pass rush in the league. Or it just creates too much chaos, causes ill-timed throws, bad decision-making, boom turnovers. It's going to be a long night for this offense, in my opinion. I don't see us having a remote chance of winning Mm -mm. unless we absolutely destroy it on the ground and we're talking like at least 150 yards on the ground from JT alone. Explosive runs, big chunk plays give our defense a chance to limit the Cowboys' scoring potential. It's you know, it's possible. It's the NFL. I mean, 32 of these teams, you know, they're, they're all professional players. It, it can always happen. But then, you know, everything we just talked about in the past 30 minutes, it it it's hard to be confident going into this game on the road in prime time under this offense, under this coaching staff, under everything that has gone on this season, we have been a absolute failure. I'm still I'm still sticking to twenty (laughs) six to thirteen.
1: All right, that's fair. I'm gonna stick with thirty-four to ten. I don't know how they didn't flexes out of prime time spot, especially what we have coming in. But I'm glad they didn't because I like to see us play a little prime time action. Um, and last but not least, I'll say this: as I said before, when Matt starts to suck it up, put Sam in and let him play. Let him let him get the experience because you're simply watching you're watching the statue crumble. So why not go ahead and let a young man in there and let him try a little something for the game, especially if we're going to lose? What 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 else what what does it matter? What does it matter at that point? What does it matter? You want to watch Matt Ryan I'm not going to do this. You want to watch Matt Ryan go 22 for 33 and throw 199 yards again, then then let him stay in there the entire game. But if you want to see at least a sliver of hope or let someone who has, who's only had one opportunity or two opportunities, one against the uh, commanders and one against a, a Patriots defense who Bill Belichick loves to cook up young quarterbacks, then let Sam sit on the bench. But if you want just maybe a little more hope and a little more hypeness let him get in if Matt starts suck it up. And that's the end of my, that's the end of my conversation.
0: I, I don't mind if they put Sam Ellinger in. Could pres- provide a spark to the offense, but you're throwing, a, you're throwing him to the Sharks at that point.
1: Yeah, you are. You are. But I, I, I'd rather him get thrown to the Sharks and him have at least a little fun and, and, you know, maybe a little hope out there than to let Matt just sit out there and do nothing.
0: If I'm Sam Ellinger, I'm putting my hoodie on. I'm not about to have, <laughs> have Micah Parsons <laughs> come in full speed into my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be it for us everybody. Thank you for listening to the Colts Cast. We're live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back probably on Monday. Yeah. yeah. On Monday, you know. <laughs> Sunday night. We we got a lot to watch. But we'll we'll be right. Ra- we'll be back for you guys Monday for another episode. Another Indianapolis Colts. Colts cast episode. Oh yeah. Have a good weekend. Take care.